0: Welcome to my second episode of my podcast. Um I know I haven't been keeping up, but I also be um doing YouTube and I have a job and you know other things. I sometimes I like to relax. So please forgive me. Um I know I haven't promoted the podcast that much either. Um I will promise I will sit there and do more episodes. And if you enjoy the episodes, please share. Please support a brother. Please. You know, I'm not doing this for monetary value. I'm doing this to get information out. Because we need a code. We need to get black people on board. Because the more we do that, the more we can succeed the more we won't have the same things happening over and over again. You can't sit there and do the same things and expect different results. I'm going to say that again. You cannot do the same things and expect different results. So we have to sit there and organize. We have to sit there and educate. We have to sit there. If brothers like me and sisters like me are sitting there doing these things please share it if you know somebody that needs to learn this information share it it's not for people that already know this stuff you know and and, and, I mean for people that already know this stuff it could be a refresher but also you need to teach each one teach one each one teach one this is a community effort and the more we know and the more we're educated, the better we can be. So that is the purpose of the podcast. That is the purpose of the YouTube. If you on YouTube, please check me out on King Speaks. I mean, it's under King Speaks. You'll see a picture of a, 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 of a brother in a, in a blue, I mean, it might look purple to you, shirt. You know, you know, the ugly guy standing with the with the the, the blue shirt on, you know, that that's me. <laughs> um, yeah, you can go to that. I have, you know, a few videos up on there. And um, you can support, you can subscribe, you can comment, please give me some kind of feedback. You know, maybe I can get ideas for other other topics. Or maybe you can sit there and inform me on, on things I didn't know. Please engage. I, I, I encourage it. Please. Just don't be disrespectful. That's all I ask. And don't be disrespectful on my podcast. Share it. Um, comment. I'm, I'm new to this podcast. I'm, I'm not even sure if you can comment on here. I'm trying to go to other platforms. trying to figure out how I even get it on um, Apple. But, you know... Uh, if anybody could help me, um, I, I gladly take the suggestions. Um, anyway, let me get into it. So, this episode, I want to talk about um, white validity. Now, I'm going to say this as tactful as possible because I know... Um, a lot of white people like to get into their feelings. But the, the, the ones I really want to reach know what the deal is and they don't get into their feelings because they know what the deal is. You know what I'm saying? And they're solid. The ones who don't know what the deal is, nine times out of ten, they never will. And they don't want to because it works for them. And see, this is the, the problem with the society. This is the problem with America. So much individualism. So much individualism. It's a, so much of this attitude of it's not happening to me. So why should I care? It's not happening to me. So it must not be happening. I don't see it. So it must not be happening. And that is why Racism continues to exist. It's not because we keep bringing it up. That that's I mean that's the most idiotic assumption I can even sit there and, and, and hear. That is is that is that's such a fallacy. That you can sit there and get rid of racism by not mentioning racism. Like how does that even? How does that even come out your mouth? How does that even process into a thought? You know, that it it, it makes no sense. That's like saying, um, "I'm I'm gonna get rid of my lung cancer if I just sit there and, and stop speaking about the lung cancer. If I if I think the lung cancer is not there, then I'm cured." Now, we know many people are not going to sit there and think like that. So why should you think like that when it comes to racism? Why should you think like that? Racism is not going to go away because you don't talk about it. Racism is still here because it's a social construct. It's not simply just a word. It's not... It's not something that you spew out when, when people will sit there and say something against white people. Black and brown say something against white people. It's, it doesn't make you a racist, but people love to sit there and say that. Even some black people, even some brown people will sit there and say, Oh, you're a racist because you sit there and say something against the whites. Or you sit there and say something simple as... um, Don't support any white-owned companies this day. Support only black-owned. It's not racist. Because all you're hearing is support black-owned and not white-owned. But you're not looking into the root of what people are saying. What they are saying is we don't have any economic structure. We don't have no economic foundation. We don't have equity. Many of us who own businesses only own them online. Why? Because we cannot get the business loans that other people can get. We cannot have the brick and mortar businesses that white people have the privilege of having. You know what I'm saying? So when we talk about buying black owned we're trying to build up equity, we're trying to build up a community because we don't really have any neighborhood we live in places most of the places where we live we don't own nothing and, we, and if we do have a little couple of mom and pop shops that's owned by us it's very little and very and very rare very rare so that's what we talk about. But getting into the, the subject of white validity. That is where you have the coons come in place. Now, you know. A lot of people don't like that word. And it's not because they're protecting us. But, you know, it's Because. That word is, 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 is sort of a weapon. And they try to weaponize it against us. On, on, especially on social media. You get flagged on Twitter. You get flagged on, on, on Facebook for saying the word. But yet white supremacists will sit there and say nigger all day. And you report that and they'll sit there and say, Oh, it doesn't violate our community standards. But the minute I say coon and somebody reports it, It violates their community standards. Why is that? And because they sit in there protecting us. Let me explain what coon is. It's not this racist term that everybody is is making it out to be. Coon is something that we call black people. And I I shouldn't even have to explain this. But it's something we call black people who are not on code. Because whether you want to realize it or not. White people be on code. Other races beyond code. They may not even like you. They may not like each other, but they sit there if if, if it's for the greater good, they will sit there and back their, their, their fellow um constituent in a heartbeat. We don't have that code. That's what black people lack, and that's our that's our problem. That is our biggest problem. But coon is what we call black people. Who are not on code. When you're sitting there saying things that majority of white people agree with, but black people disagree with, then you're you're on the wrong side of history. And we're not sitting there calling you a coon simply because we disagree with the statement. We're sitting there calling you a coon because not only do we disagree with the statement, we're disagreeing with the statement for the simple fact that you're spewing out racist rhetoric without even sitting there knowing. Or maybe you do know and you don't care, but you're spewing out the same thing that our white racists would sit there and say because it takes pressure off of them. The minute they can sit there and say, one of your own said it, it takes pressure off of them. So if it's one of those kind of talking points, you're wrong. And you're gonna be called out for it. You're a coon. You're wrong. It's not simply disagreeing with somebody. And see that's what a white a lot of white people sit there and, and think. It's, it's it, oh well if another black person disagrees with um, with your point of view, they're a coon. It it's deeper than that it's not simply disagreeing it's the fact that they're spewing out something that a white person would say and it, and it shows because if i'm sitting there saying something and i have thousands of followers and thousands of people who are sitting there defending me are white and then the other half other people that are commenting are black and they're saying you're wrong for saying it, then I'm that, then there's something wrong there. There's something wrong there. I shouldn't sit and sit there and fight for white validity. Now, if you're on the good side, that's all good. But I shouldn't have to sit there and, and, and fight for your validity at all. Because the struggle is with my people. Period. You know, you can you, you at this you can have empathy. You can have empathy. You no, know, most white people have sympathy. They don't have empathy. They don't they don't even know the difference between sympathy and empathy. Sympathy, you're simply you're you're saying that you feel sorry for somebody. But with sympathy, you feel sorry for somebody, but you do nothing to change it because it's going to change your world. You know what I'm saying? So you feel sorry, but, you know, you go about your business, you sit there and, you know, go about your life and, and go take your vacations or whatever it is you do, whatever your vice is, you go and do it. Empathy is when you have a psychological connection to the person. So you don't, go through what that person is going through but you f- you f- not only feel sorry you want to change it for that person now it doesn't even benefit you in the long run but it, you don't care that it doesn't benefit you because you feel that pain of that person most white people lack that and that's why they don't understand when we come at people like Terry Crews and Candace Owens or what have you. Because you are not on the right side. Especially with Terry Crews. He's bringing up scenarios that don't exist. He's making false equivalencies. False equivalencies and false equivocations. That don't exist He's saying things that literally no one is saying. For what? To keep the them white people checks in? When you, when you feel like you have to sit there and go against your own people. Say things that don't encourage your own people but more disparage them. All to keep a check you're wrong and that's what I'm talking about when I talk about white validity when you will go against your own people just to sit there and keep that check coming in when you sit there and go against your own people and the only ones that are really defending you are the white people maybe a handful of blacks that think like you But mostly white people. And this is not an episode to sit there and get on white people and say white people are bad. Because that's another thing that people love to sit there and spew out. The minute you sit there and say something about white people, they want to say, well, not all white people are bad or what have you. And they're not. There are some solid ones, but majority are not. Majority are tolerant. There's a difference between tolerance and acceptance. Majority are tolerant of us. Okay? When you get past that tolerancy, then talk to me. When you want to sit there and actually change the way this, this system is constructed, then talk to me. Don't talk to me about how you have black friends or how your grandkids are mixed. That doesn't count. doesn't count for nothing. It doesn't give you cool points at all. And guaranteed that black friend that you talk about, that so-called black friend that you talk about is the non-threatening one guarantee that. You may not want to hear it, but I guarantee you it's the non-threatening one. The one that you don't perceive as ghetto. The one that you don't perceive as the one growing up in the projects and on welfare their whole life. I guarantee you that. Or they're the ones who might have gone through that life. They, 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 They pushed up out of it and they forgot about that life. They came up mixed with you, and now they forget their own people and talk against their own people. Those are the black friends that y'all talk about. Those are black friends that y'all talk about. But, you know, black people are not this, um, what the, the word was just on the tip of my tongue. Oh man, I can't think of it right now. But you you can't throw all black people in this one little box. We are a mixture of people and we and we think differently and we act differently. And even the most ghetto ones, you might be able to learn something from them. But if you're depiction of black people is only based on a black person that's been around y'all all all y'all life or a black person they did they they depict in the media you need to sit there and really educate yourself and and that's another problem that 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 why racism continues to exist because most um, most um, characterizations of black people come from the media most whites never really encountered these black people that they fear whatever the case may be they never even encountered these black people they only know of what they in the media because those are the same people that would sit there and talk about, well, oh, why don't y'all sit there and take care of y'all kids? Y'all want to sit there and, and, and make kids and don't want to take care of them. And then you sit there and stay on welfare all your life and, and stop having all these baby daddies and what have you. Those are freaking talking points that you got from the media. You know nothing about black people's lives, what have you. There's a lot of black people black men who take care of their kids and take care of their kids better than the white men. The white rich men half the time they don't take care of their kids they got a nanny taking care of them and get and and, and half the time guess who the nanny is. They're either black or Latino yeah black or Latino those are the ones taking care of the kids those are the ones. Just like slavery days. Oh, we was good enough... That our women were good enough... To sit there and breast... Make, breast... milk, ah, breastfeed Your kids. But... We wasn't good enough... To be considered human. We was good enough... For y'all to sit there and have sex with. But then once that... Once, once the babies came around we were still, the babies were still niggas, right, right, that's what it comes down to, so I, I, I really don't understand why this day and age, especially once you're making the millions or what have you, I don't understand why this day and age, we still need white validity, you know, another human shouldn't, have to, be, to, to, to seek validation from another human. And another human shouldn't be giving that validation to another human. If we are all created equal, then why we don't feel that way? Why we don't feel that way? A handful of black millionaires is not equal. Just because you have the Oprah Winfrey's, the Barack Obama's, you have the Terry Crews. I mean, I, mean, I don't know what his net worth is, what I, but I'm, I'm, he's not doing bad. Just because you have those doesn't mean that they, they, we had real progress. They make up a small fraction of. Of the black population. Majority of us blacks. Are barely surviving. Most of us are poor. Some of us are middle class. And even middle class. Is is freaking in shambles. Because. As the rich get richer. The middle class starts disappearing. A lot of y'all know this. A lot of y'all know this. And a lot of y'all overlook this fact because it works for you, you know what I'm saying? Never mind it not working for majority of Americans. Never mind it not working for black Americans. Never mind it not working for Latino Americans. Never mind it working for a lot of different Americans. Never mind that, right? As long as you are doing good right you know you have even baby boomers who, who those, those be the ones that mostly complain now, those be the ones that be quicker to sit there and say talk about pull yourself up by your bootstraps. when they came from an era where you could sit there and live in a single income family home they came from an era where you could sit there and work a basic full-time job and pay for your college education. They came from an era where the tuition was extremely low. You know what I'm saying? And I and and, and that's part. I guess that's part of the reason why they call it the Boomer Baby Boomer era. I don't remember. I, I know I looked it up at one point, but I don't. I can't remember everything that I learned. I'm I I'd be. You know, I, I like to be honest in my podcasts, in my lives. You know, some things I remember, some things I don't. But the information is out there. If, you know, anything I say is, is based on facts. And if you don't think it's based on facts, you can look it up. I don't have to sit there and spew out the exact numbers and so on and so forth. And sometimes I do have the numbers, sometimes I have the dates, sometimes I don't. But the information definitely is out there. But anyway, um I guess that's why they they they're called that's called the baby boomer era because they was in the era where they could afford to have multiple children or what have you and still be alright. They could sit there and purchase houses at at reasonably low prices. But guess what? During also during that time, guess who wasn't able to really purchase houses like that black people latino people you know what I'm saying there was a whole bunch of redlining going on and it's still redlining going even though they've made laws to protect us from it there's ways to get around that and banks do it all the time there's still modern day forms of redlining there's a lot of things that's modern day you know what I'm saying when they ended slavery they found a way to sit there and do modern day slavery. They did convict leasing. What they did with convict leasing was they sat there and they and they made it so that you had to have a job. You had to have a job and if you didn't have a job, you you was fined you was fined for um um uh I forget the word but you was fined basically and you could be locked up in jail because they they were sitting because they knew the law, they knew the law, and they knew you had to have a job. You couldn't be out just doing nothing, what have you, and and they would sit there and target the black people after the the, the employers would purposely not hire the black people because one they didn't want no black people working for them, two they knew the law, so they knew if they didn't. If a lot of them didn't get hired, they will wind up in jail. And what did they what happened when they went in jail? They would sit there and have the the, the people in jail perform free labor. So now that slavery is ended, they found a modern way to sit there and get people to do work for free. Okay? Then then you had the, the red line you have the segregation. You have you have black businesses, black towns where they had nothing but black businesses. They was prospering. The white people didn't like that. They bombed those towns. They had riots and massacres. Tulsa, Oklahoma, 1921. May 31st to June 1st. Or it was May 30th. I always forget the date, but you know, it's in that general area, so I, I think I have a little leeway to you know get it wrong. But it's in those dates. It's in that same time frame. Nineteen twenty one, Tulsa, Oklahoma. The Black Wall Street. Massacre. You know what I'm saying? So many things have gone on after slavery, so you can't even talk about slavery. And then if you even talk about slavery, it still wasn't that long ago. You go back just a couple generations, a couple generations. You go to some people's family and they can go back a couple of generations and that family member was a slave. That family member was a slave. You go back a couple of generations. Our, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, they experienced the segregation, the racism. They witnessed it firsthand. The Civil Rights Act was signed 56 years ago. Those same people are still alive. Some of those same people are still alive. Their kids are alive. Their grandkids are alive. A lot of things happened not that long ago. Stop making it like this was so long ago and we should be over it we should be over it because we have a few millionaires because we had barack obama barack obama didn't even do nothing marginally for black people at all black black barack obama was not reparations okay okay he did nothing marginally for black people in fact he fought more for other people, and nothing against LGBTQ. I know a lot of people don't don't care from a lot of people in the black men community don't care from, and I know their reasons, but I can't I can't get on them. I've had many friends in the LGBTQ community, and they've been nothing but good to me. You know what I'm saying? So I cannot I cannot go down that path. I don't fully understand a lot of what they do and I don't necessarily condone their behavior but I can't go down that path. That's just not that's just not me. You know um but he basically, you know, even when these cops was was killing us under him, he signed a Blue Lives Act. He signed a, a, a bill to protect the officers nothing to protect us but to protect the officers so, so you don't don't think that giving us a black president was come some kind of reparations you know what I'm saying we should be glad about that don't even, don't even think that it represented some post-racial society because it didn't and it definitely does not now if you open your eyes and you see, you see the rhetoric that comes from, um, Agent Orange supporters. You see the rhetoric that comes from him himself, you know? And if, for for those who don't know, I mean, I know, uh, people that follow me on Facebook and Twitter and and, and have listened to my uh, videos, they, they know when I say Agent Orange, I'm talking about the president. I don't mention his name. He doesn't deserve that kind of respect from me, so he's Agent Orange. So in the future, you hear these podcasts, you know, if I say Agent Orange, I'm talking about the president. But um, you hear the rhetoric that comes from him. You hear the rhetoric that comes from his followers. And he didn't bring it about he just cut the grass so the snakes would show. That's all he did. He cut the grass. And they, they reared their ugly heads because they've always been there. Like I said, Civil Rights Act signed 56 years ago. That's not a long time. That's not a long time. That's only, that's only a little bit before I was born. I know I don't look my age. A lot of people tell me that, but I'm 43, still fairly young. But I've seen a lot in my um my 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 little time on this earth, and and you know and and I, I think I guess that goes into another thing I want to touch on because me personally because I've had the luxury of living in New York City which is supposedly liberal liberal, liberal. and I'm going to say supposedly because you have a lot of covert races here in New York You know what I'm saying a lot of people don't sit there and think that they think all this this racism comes from the south even from the even as far as slavery days but no so I come from a fairly liberal city where they're covert. So I, you know, I don't, I don't really, I never really experienced the blatant racism. I, I experienced the undertones, plenty of times, but not the blatant. But does that mean that I shouldn't care? Does that mean I shouldn't fight it? You know what I'm saying? And that goes back to individualism. The problem with this country is too much individualism. It's always an attitude of, it's not happening to me, so what should I do about it? Why should I care about it? You know what I'm saying? If more people were selfless, like the protesters, you could say whatever you want about protesters, but protesters are selfless because they go out there and they don't know what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? They go out there and they take their time out and anything can happen to them. So they put in their lives out on the the line sometimes. All for people they don't know, never met, probably never will meet, and they're out there for them. So you can say whatever you want about the protesters, but they have more balls than a lot of you. Straight up. So, anyway, I just wanted to speak on on these things. I wanted to speak on white validity. Black people, I'm going to say this. Let's stop looking for that validity. We shouldn't look to another human to validate us. Period. And white people... Stop giving us the validation only when we're sitting there saying the same little talking points that y'all sit there and say. You're on the wrong side of history if I'm sitting there making a talking point that just goes along with your ideology that race doesn't exist or uh, you can get rid of racism by not talking about it. It's a social construct. It's not simply... Saying that I'm, I'm, a, I'm against what white people are doing. It's a social construct. Pick up a book. Pick up several books. I mean, there's several of them. Pick up a whole bunch of books and read them. If you sit there and educate yourself, a lot of apathy and ignorance will be eradicated if you just simply pick up a book And and, and watch other things than Fox freaking news. And with that, I'm going to end this podcast. Y'all have a great day. Please, if you like this, share it. Subscribe. Um, If you can comment, comment. If you can check me out check me out on, on, on Facebook. I'm under um, Courtney Wicker. Um, check me out on, on Instagram under King Speaks. Check me out on YouTube under King Speaks. Um, check me out on Twitter. Twitter. I'm under um, Courtney Wicker. Um, you know, that's it. Y'all enjoy your weekend. Y'all enjoy your day.